0: So, as you know, we are in the book of Nehemiah and then we learn about Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah is also talking about the Christian journey. Yeah, this is a all way process, yeah, for you and for me. Because all of us have a lot of walls in our life. A good wall though, yeah. A wall of prayer, a wall of testify to one another about the good news, a wall of uh worship, a wall of um Uh, Our obedience to what the word of God, a wall of family, a wall, a lot of walls, yeah. And then this process of Nehemiah is like a process of our life journey. It's always something to rebuild and build. Rebuild something that already there, but not yet there. So we rebuild. There are sometimes in our life, oh, I used to. uh, I used to be able to talk to people and just share my testimony, but not anymore. I, you got to rebuild that wall. I used to pray for five hours, but not anymore. I, you got to rebuild that wall. Oh, I never ever worship God. And I want to try to worship God. Now you build that wall. yeah. So it's just a life journey. So if Nehemiah already finished, it's not finished with you and me. We are still in that process. Now we are going to Nehemiah eleven and twelve. We put it together this chapter. Last uh, week is talking about covenant. Yeah, living in the covenant. Our God is a God of covenant. He's not a God of contract. He's a God of covenant. Covenant is talking deeper and more uh, valuable than just a contract. Uh, one of my mentor in my early days say like this: A covenant if it is broken, life is the price. yeah? The covenant is based actually on life. Contract only based on uh, nowadays, yeah, Or if you break the contract, you uh, pay fine or something like that. But then not so with covenant. I'm talking about the ancient covenant because now the word covenant is already degrading. The same with the word love. I love my dog. I love you. But love is just like uh, whatever. Yeah. Even sometimes people uh, associate love with something that, oh my God. So the covenant in here, I'm talking about the ancient covenant for me. That is the real pure covenant. Always talking about life. Therefore, when we break our covenant with God, someone has to pay with his life. And Jesus paid it all. Yeah, it's good. God do not demand us to pay it, but Jesus paid for us. Amazing, that is covenant. Okay, now moving to Nehemiah 11 and 12. Actually, Nehemiah 11 and 12 is like the continuation of Nehemiah chapter 7. If you do not understand what is Nehemiah chapter 7, is where Nehemiah called, the people Hey, come back, come back, the world is already finished. Yeah, And then some people respond. And those people who respond is the leaders. What's happening in in Israel? because at that time actually Nehemiah is a pioneering and doing the work of God. as you know, uh, Israel as a nation is no more. they are under captivated by the Babylon, even previously by the Persian and everything like that. So they are not living anymore in their promised land because at that time their promised land uh, is talking about Jerusalem, yeah, the most uh, beautiful. Godly city that is their identity at that time, yeah, long time ago, even until now. So Nehemiah got a call from God to rebuild and build again the nation of Israel. Because God has a plan for Israel. Because the line of Jesus, which is the salvation, has to come from Israel, the line of David. So Israel as a nation has to keep established. So in order for that, God called uh, Nehemiah and Nehemiah respond, and then He built the wall. But the book of Nehemiah is not talking about the wall actually. He's talking about the process and it's talking about the bigger purpose. Yeah, it's not stopped until the wall. So now in uh, Nehemiah 11 is the continuation of Nehemiah 7. It's talking about Jerusalem is already being occupied. I mean, like le- uh, people who the leaders of Israel living there. So, in every pioneering things in ministry, it's always the leaders have to go first. Yeah, right? (laughs) Most of the time. Because if the leaders not going, the people that being led like, you're not even going, why I should go? And that is a very biblical principle. If God wants to do something new to Melbourne, he gonna rise up leaders. And that leaders that catch the vision, catch the mission, and he do it. And he became the example for the others, and this is what happened as well. The leaders stay in Jerusalem; they leave their comfort because those leaders is very wealthy leaders. Why they are leaders? Because they have position and everything in Babylon. Yeah, they are not just a mere uh, normal people as position. I mean, yeah. When they come in Nehemiah seven, they come with their wealth. Yeah, and they put their wealth also for the house of the Lord. So actually, there is a temple that already being built at that time during Ezra time, but they put in there as well, their wealth, so make it the temple even more beautiful. They re- reconstructing or something like that, they re- rebuild it again. So these people, these leaders, is very, very radical leaders. Yeah, because as you know, at that time, Jerusalem is not a safe place it still become the target for many nations to occupy. Yeah, so some of the people that living there already before the world is being built have a lot of trouble. Yeah, as you know, I just want to remind you, they got uh, these robbers, they got this nation, occupied their land and then taking all their wealth and then they just live. That is the culture at that time in Jerusalem. But when the wall is built, more nations become angry and more nations try even to attack this city. Because they do not agree the wall is being built. Because they know if the wall is being built next, the nation is going to be rebuilt again. They don't like it. So the threat is still there even more. Yeah. But then this 74,000 people, which is the leaders and their families, is not enough to protect the city. The wall, no, no, not enough. The wall is there, but it's not enough. Because 74,000 people, some people have to work in the temple. Some people have to work as a guard. Some people have to become the watchers and blah and blah. And build again the inner city, the building, the houses and everything. Still a lot of works. But God's still in the business of making Israel as a nation at that time. Then he said like, okay, Nehemiah got the wisdom from God. Okay, call again all the Israelites. Call again all the people. Come, come. Let us read Nehemiah eleven, verse one. Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. Yeah, this is happened in Nehemiah seven. The rest of the people cast lots, lottery. Now the way they want to bring other Israelites to come in is by this. They agree with this. The rest of the people cast lots. To bring one out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine will stay in their own towns. So the thing is, actually, others Israelites do not want to live in Jerusalem. They just want to live in their own city, in their own comfort, because their own city, their own comfort, the security is for sure there. They know the place, their friends in there. Their family is good in there. They do not want to move to Jerusalem because they're scared. Nobody can assure their security, their safety. Nobody can assure their job, their career, nothing. Because Jerusalem has been a ghost city for more than 80 years. A ghost city meaning just few people in there living, crippling, or something like that. So it's very empty city. Nobody wants to go there. But they make a pledge. Okay, if you do not want to go, let us make a lot. So from 10 people, for example, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten. Okay, from 10 people, whoever got the red balloon or oh, red ball is going to be staying in Jerusalem. And people will say, oh please stop me. Oh, And suddenly Mark, oh me. <laughs> Bye-bye Mark, you have to go there. <laughs> Until that is the situation they do not want. To go, they have to be forced <laughs> to get these lots or something like that to move to Jerusalem. But even the ways like that, these people who get the red <laughs> ball still come because they honor leaders and they honor their agreement. Yeah, Because all of them agree just one from ten people can move back to Jerusalem. That is the very hard situation. And the leaders just, okay, with whatever we have right now, at least 10% of the Israelites come with us. (laughs) You know, it's just very real in situation. In pioneering things, do you know what? That our English community's service or ministry, this is a pioneering ministry. And indeed, it's not many people because you got to get out from your comfort zone. You just got to get out even from your, maybe, your usual friends and community. And it's not nice. But in MPC, we cannot do lots. Okay, (laughs) you go from 10 people who go, oh me, oh, oh, I have to do this ministry. (laughs) But this is just like a a situation that God show us. It's not only happened long time ago, it's also happened in daily life. Unless you know and really get the vision and the mission, you won't be able to stand and do the will of God. But I really thank God, even though the way is lots like that. But in the next verse, the second verse is the people commanded all who volunteered, they are being counted as volunteers. I got the lots, <laughs> I got the red ball, but I'm being counted as volunteer <laughs> okay? But indeed, their attitude, while they get it, okay, they just surrender and I'm volunteered. The people commanded all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. Now, commanded in here, maybe some of you not familiar with this. What is this commanded? In other translation, ESV, say like, the people blessed all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. When God call you, whatever is the way, this this people way is, Winning lottery, <laughs> living in Jerusalem. Uh, right now, if I win lottery to live in Jerusalem, I will be very happy. It's okay. I want to go there. But this time, at that time, winning the lottery to go to Jerusalem, yay! But they got a special blessing. I do not know how God calls you. Maybe not through lottery. Maybe just happening to be there in that event and then, oh, and then you just strapped there or something like that. I do not know. But I know when you say to God, God, this is me, this is my life, God will give you a special blessing because God will encourage you, God will empower you wherever you are. If you are in your workplaces right now or in your university, school, and wherever you are, there is a purpose that God put you there. I do not know how you get into that job, but the fact you got into that job, but the fact you got into that university because God calling you to do something and God will bless you to do whatever he wants to do wherever you are. Yeah, so do not even just see like, oh, yeah, this is just I work here. So what? No. Come to God and see that is a bigger picture, a bigger purpose for you to do in that school or university. And these people is very, very uh, amazing people, I, I said, Because they have this fighting spirit. They are so vigilant. Yeah, they, they just like, i going to risk my neck. I'm going to risk even my family. I'm going to risk whatever I have and I love to live in Jerusalem. And God honored them. You know, God never indebted in your life. When you do something for God, God will reward you. That is for sure. Yeah. So let us see then what is God doing in the midst of the people that say, Yes, Lord, this is me. Yes, Lord, this is tough. These pioneering things. And this is not famous. This is few people. Some people love crowd. Whoop, whoop, crowd. Uh, Wherever we go, eating in there. Uh, A lot of people queuing in that restaurant. Crowd. Yes, that way I (laughs) queue. We we love crowd because crowd talking about something. Crowd talking about meaning is very beautiful. It's very exciting things. And I want to be part of it. I want to be part of something big. And crowd is one of the indicators. But doesn't necessarily like that. In Jesus' life, crowd is not the indicator. Because when Jesus being followed by crowd, He says something very harshful until all the people, the crowds, hundreds, even thousands of that crowds leave Jesus. And only 70 people there. Some uh, Bible say like the one that followed Jesus, 3,000, even 5,000 people. From 5,000 people down to 70 people. And these 70 people, Jesus sent them. And these 70 people experienced supernatural and great things in their life. Not those 5,000 people. Jesus not playing around with crowds. You come with me, come with me. With my way. You do not know my way. You do not want my way. Too bad. I keep going, <laughs> but I look at you. <laughs> Jesus not impressed with crowd. Jesus impressed with worship. Again, worship talking about surrender things to Him and saying, "You are God, I am not. Therefore, I will obey." You. The indicator whether you really put Jesus as Lord and Savior is your obedience. The indicator whether I and you really love Jesus is how much you obey His words. Not how much you know. Not how much and how busy you are in the church. Not how much and how wisdom is your words toward uh, the people. But how far, how much you obey His words. Yeah. And obedience bring growth. Yeah. You become mature when you obey the word of God. So this situation is really harsh. And I'm amazed with Nehemiah. He faced a lot of things after the wall is being built. The Israelites not even want to come into Jerusalem. As if they do not even appreciate what a Nehemiah done. Okay, you built the wall. Congratulations. i back to my old life. Yeah, something like that. So this is like not such important. And I don't want to put my important life in this case. I would think sometimes like what is his thought? Uh, Will he say like, oh, maybe my job is not important. Because after all these things, after the wall is being built, not even many Israelites want to join. me After they see the works of God so mightily uh, finishing this wall, even they not responding. Maybe this is just a waste of time. Yeah. And sometimes in our life, in our life together with Jesus, that is the things. When you work so hard and everything like that, you do not see fruits. And you say, but God, you are God of growth. And then you're going to give fruits. But where is the fruits? I see your works. I see how you lead me until up to this stage. But where is the fruits? The people even left me. They, they do not even want to join. It's so hard. Jesus <laughs> But again, uh, God always gives wisdom. Just push them a little bit, Nehemiah, make a lottery, and the lottery is there. It's a very um funny situation for me because when people come, those who win the lottery to live in Jerusalem. We cannot assure that their hearts is with Nehemiah. Do You know, for a leader, as I'm uh, experienced, if the people that I let not have the same hearts with me, is very hard. It's better with me or not. Otherwise, it's very hard. It's going to be like, uh, oh, let's go here. I don't want to go there. Uh, let's do this. You do it. And sometimes the people can say, Evo, for example, let's go out to the streets. You know, we are so lack like, in activity. Let's go out to the streets. Okay, let's do together. No, you do it. <laughs> and it's very hard sometimes. And I saw like, Nehemiah, how can you be sure that this 10% of Israel that come to Jerusalem have the same heart with you? Because 74,000 is very few plus this 10% of Israelites. I don't want this 10% bring trouble. Yeah, it, that is my, my human mind. How about this 10% like just quarreling, just keep like, uh, what is it? Why life so hard? Why we have to be here? Why you have to win the lotto? and blah, blah, blah. And it's not nice in the work of pioneering. It's not nice. Then how God, why you give this wisdom to Nehemiah? But again, I'm amazed with God. Because the heart of the people is in God's hand. He can move the heart of the people. He can move the people that coming from comfort zone with lotto. They do not want it, but they move to the works of God. But God can change their heart in that works. You know, there are uh, some ministry I still remember that I do not like to do. But somehow, somehow, because someone asked me and nobody can do it and they lack of human power, somehow, because I'm pretty nice person, I did that. But in that ministry, as I did that, I keep uh, saying to myself, no, I did it for Jesus, not for people. I did it for Jesus. But in my flesh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Where can I get my replacement? (laughs) That's my flesh, but my heart and my mind is not connected. My heart say, for God, this mind say, uh, I don't want this. Who going to replace me? And something like that. But in that moment of place, God changed my heart. God even made me uh, look at the people that I ministered like never before. God bring me to the place where my heart even falls in love with the people that I minister. There is compassion flow in me, toward me, and from me. Why? Because I just dare happen. Because what? Jesus can change my heart. And wherever you are right now, when you are saying like, ah, I don't know, or, or maybe you, you are in the ministry and then your people not in, tune with, come to God and pray, God, you the one that take care of their heart. I cannot change people's heart, Lord, but you can change their heart. You can rise up. Even you can change my heart. Maybe it is you, the one that I'm here, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> come to God and say, God, change my heart. I'm in this company, but I don't want to be in this company. God, change my heart. To see more than what I can see right now. It's amazing. Let us go to Nehemiah 12. Then after all of these uh, leaders and 10% of the Israelites come to uh, reside in Jerusalem. The first thing that Nehemiah did is he wants to commit the world to God. Yeah, They want to bring, all oh, this world is for you, Lord Jesus. It's like. He bring all the ministry and everything in this context of our context to God. It's not bring ministry to the people. Yeah? When you are in your workplace or wherever you are right now in your uh, school, it's not the works for you to commit it to do it. You got to bring your uh, works, your study, your friendship with your classmate, your friendship with your co- colleague to who? To God. So you take out the burden not to you but to God. So many people we know oh, I have to become a blessing for my friends Oh, I have to to share about the good news to my work colleague. Oh uh, Jesus say I have to do good but um, sometimes I'm angry and then when you fail to do so you feel like oh, very burdensome and everything like that. But the things is you cannot take that commandment, that work, that mission. To yourself, no. You got to commit it to God first. And many Christians is wrong in this sense, because we thought that I gonna do it. I gonna do it. But in Nehemiah, it said they committed to God first. They committed the world to God first. They committed everything, the ministry to God first. Have you committed your ministry to God first, or you committed your ministry to your skill? And when something happens, you feel bad. You feel I'm a failure and everything like that. You got to bring it first to God. There is a girl playing piano a long time ago. And then put it this way, she not used to play piano for gathering like this. Yeah, like Sunday service like this. But somehow one day, because no one (laughs) can play the piano, and some people know, hey, you can play the piano, just play the piano. Okay, but, but I can't, no, I'm not, I, I, I'm not uh, the press and worship team. Uh to, to, No, that's okay, you play the piano. And this girl, very funny, very cute. And then actually she has the heart to minister to God. She played the piano, bang, 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 and not all the people that can play the piano can play for the worship, yeah, because it's a different kind of playing. So after that, she felt terrible and she felt bad because it seems like the atmosphere of the Sunday service becomes so bad because she played really bad. Uh, and then I came to her and said, oh, thank you for your ministry. Oh, I play so bad, so bad. Oh, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and I said, Hey, God, the one that gives you that gifts. That's okay. Let us submit your, whatever you do today to God. Yeah. Can we pray? And then I pray. And then she said, thank you, Jesus, for this. Blah blah blah. She just submitted to God. And I, after she prayed, she said, oh, thank you, for, I feel like a bit like peace. And I said to her, every time before you practice in your own home or practice in the church, submit it first to God, not submit it to your skill. Your skill is limited edition, not like handy skills. Now I'm not saying like that. <laughs> Cause I said to her, Many people play better than you for sure. I said like that. That's true. But I said you got to submit it first to God. If you submit it first to your skill, you're gonna play with a very burdensome heart. It's not bring joyful to you, it's not bring blessing to other people submit it to God. But of course, practice hard, okay? (laughs) Very funny. Uh, And this is happened even to me when I submitted my ministry, whatever I I need to do to my own strength and my skill. When you study in your uh, university, submit it first to God, not submit it to your uh, previous experience Uh, your knowledge and everything, submit it first to God. Say, God, this is yours. Help me, Lord Jesus. I submitted this work to you. I submitted this assignment to you. I submitted this exam to you. I submitted this uh, activity to you. I submitted this position to you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you are a welcomer, a leader. I submitted this position to you, Lord Jesus. Submit everything to him. And when you submit to him, you have a different way of you. Like, this is belong to God and I got a partnership with him wherever you are. Whatever is the time when you do it. My partner is Jesus. I'm not alone. So when you feel you are alone, you are not alone. Why? You already submitted back to Jesus. It's no longer mine, but I am there. I'm being used by God. Here I am, Lord Jesus. I'm available for you, Lord Jesus. Submit first to God. It's the same things when you struggle with your mind. You struggle with your bad habit. Uh, the book of James say, submit to God. Then resist the devil. The same thing. You got to submit to God. What? You got to submit your flesh. When you want to swear, your, when you want to see something naked in the internet. When you want to think something bad about other people, worries everything like that. And you try to hold it, you try to, no, 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 I don't want to think like that. I don't want to see something like that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to say something like that. But you won't win unless you submit first to God. Submit your witness to God. God, I have this thing. God, I submit it to you, Lord. I submit myself. Then resist the devil. Submit your works. Then do your ministry. Submit whatever you need to do then. You go for action. Submit to God. Have you submitted to God today? Every single day, there is a lot of things that I need to submit it to God. What have you been submitted to God today? Oh, just wake up kaka Evo and straight away go here. Okay, that's okay. Maybe later, yeah, at night, please submit it to God. Every single day when you wake up and do whatever you want to do, submit all that things to God. There are a lot of Christians who have unnecessary burdens. So their Christian life is so heavy. But Jesus said, I come to the world to give you life, life in abundance. Where is the abundance? I'm abundance in heaviness. (laughs) And some people come to me, I'm dry. Why you are dry? Submitted to God. Nehemiah 12 is talking all about uh, how you maintain your Christian life, how you maintain your life. Yeah? Start with submitting to God. And after submitting to God, what happened? Nehemiah led the people to worship God on the top of the wall. So there is the wall. I just imagine like the wall of China that you can walk, yeah. That, that kind of things, like because they, they go up to the wall and then they walk. Yeah. And then they make like a two-group, one going that side and the other going that side. And they're gonna meet again. And something like that. Yeah. So the second things after submitting, what uh, Nehemiah uh does is he let the people to praise God. So they praising God on this wall, walking on that wall. Yeah, two groups. And then they're worshiping and praising him with cymbals and harps and trumpets. All these music instruments, they bring it and they're praising God. And as they're praising God, uh, the word of God said, God make them very happy. The first Nehemiah 12 verse 43. Yeah. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day for God has given the people cause for great joy. It is God that has given them great joy. When they're praising God, again, you know, 10% of the Israelites that are coming there, we do not know the state of their hearts. But as they're submitting and they're praising God, God, the one that gave and bring and make their heart joyful. It's no longer a hard thing to stay in Jerusalem. It's no longer a worriness things. It's no longer fear that comes inside my heart. It's joyful things. And they walk together and play the trumpet. They walk on this wall and praising God. And do you know what? In Nehemiah chapter 4, if you remember, there is one enemy say, oh, you built that wall. But let's see. Later on, there is like a little fox step on that wall. The wall will broken down. That is what the enemy say. But now they get up and they bless and submit the wall and they walk on the wall and they're praising God like crazy. More than 80,000 people there walking and the wall still there. It's just like a statement to the enemy. You say like that, this is how strong is my wall. Wow, this is how strong is my God. In the midst of fearful things, in the midst of this, A droughtful city, this ghost city. I'm going to praise you. And this is how strong is my God. And this is how strong I'm going to become. At that day, the Israelites make a statement. And all these people that experience that is the people that say, yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to make the city of Jerusalem become the holy city once again for God. I'm going to respond to your call, Jesus. These people that will not experience dryness because they say yes. And when they say yes, they not say yes because they can. They submit it to God and they praise God and God make them joyful. Have you been joyful when you know you are in the midst of scary things? But that is your portion. Your portion is being joyful and being so free in the midst of scary things in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of many enemies surrounded you and about to crush you. And this is what happened when we as a people, person, and as a church, as we submit and praising God, God give joy because joy is a weapon. Joy can kill worriness. Joy can kill depression. Joy can kill stress even joy can heal other people. Joy is a weapon and is a medicine. Therefore, the world, the devil, try to crush your joy. But God say the joy of the Lord is your strength, not the joy of money, not the joy of because I'm beautiful or handsome, the joy of my great future or great A partner or wife or whatever it is, is my strength. No, the joy of the Lord. Because they look upon Jesus, they look upon God, and there is my joy. Not my situation. Not when it's already secure, then I'm joyful. No, in the midst of insecurity, they are become joyful. And that is your portion and my portion. I do not know your situation at this moment. But hey, let us submit to God. Submit all your worries, submit all yourself, and start to praising Him. Start to walk on the wall that you want to build or rebuild. Start to walk on it and praising Him. Meaning, it may be that wall is not there yet. God, I really want the guidance, Lord. I want peace in my life, but maybe it's not there. There is depression, Lord, not even peace, but you walk upon it and you just praise God. And behold and see and for sure God will bring joy upon your life. The joy that will last forever. Not the joy because of something happened just for a short of period. The joy not being bound by just mere feelings and emotion. The joy that will last. The joy that become your characters. That is good. Let us close our eyes. I know that... Uh, You know this sentence, very, very uh, famous sentence. They say like, uh, you are here for a purpose. If you are born in this world at this such a time, this generation, you are here for a purpose. And some people looking for the purpose of life. What is my purpose? Purpose talking about mission, vision. purpose talking about why i am here lord what is my use in this in this world in this community what is my part lord why i have to be born in this uh, world why i have to be this kind of person what is my purpose and it's bring to your identity who i am really Being confused by what the world say. Being confused by what people uh, expectation. And it brings confusion to your identity and who I am, Lord. Is my, my failure, is my identity? Am I a failure? Am I a person that indecisive? Who am I, Lord? What is my purpose, Lord, in my workplace, in my school in my university and many people look for the purpose but only your creator can give you purpose because he creates you and this morning let us come to him because he the one that give a sense of purpose he the one that give mission and vision as he gave mission and vision calling For Israelites in the days of Nehemiah, He still gives you and me mission and vision. Your mission, vision, purpose, calling, whatever you call it, personally, and us as a church, He's still calling you and me. He's still calling you. And He makes an event in your life where you got into that calling and then you are in the calling but it is up to you whether you want to take it or not. Whether you want to submit it to God and praise Him or not. Or maybe you are now, you know that you are in the call of God. Or maybe you see that there is nothing happening in your life, in the ministry. In your community. Or maybe you feel like you are dry and everything like that. Or maybe you feel um, bored. Even sometimes you feel confused. What should I do? What should I think? Come to God. Submit it all to Him. And start praising Him. Even though you do not see the answer yet. Start praising Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because this morning, Lord, we just want to come to you, Lord, with an open heart. And we just want to submit again our life to you, Jesus. We want to submit whatever happened in our life to you, Jesus. I just want to invite you, just keep submitting again to God. The work, the ministry, maybe you never even say to God, God, I submit my position as the da da, da 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 to you, Lord. Submit it to Him. God, I never submit my confusion, but Lord, I confuse about this one thing. I submit to you, Lord Jesus. Submit all your pain to Him, all your worriness. Submit even the question, why I am here, Lord. To Him. And let us just praise Him and worship Him. And experience and just experience the joy that God gave to you so that you can roar on the mountains. In verse 43, it says, like when they praising God, their joy could be heard far away. Their joy is being heard by the enemies that surrounding them. Even their shout could be heard from far away. Many nations listen and witnessing. And even all the Israelites that do not want to move from their comfort zone. Listen and witnessing the joy that God given to him. The joy, the shout is not only small shout. It's not only in the heart. But all the people can hear it. Could be heard far away. And your life could be heard so loudly wherever you are. Even the people far away from you, can hurt your life because of Jesus is in you. Because you are so alive. Because your life shout His praising. Because your life only filled by joy. That kind of life that God gave to you, that kind of life when God say, I I come to the world to give life, life in abundance. So so then what? So then you can shout, you can shine. Even all the people can hear your life so loud. All the people can hear and see your life from your attitude, from your life stories. And that is your portion. Your portion is not unnecessary burden. Your portion only one. The burden in God's heart, that is your portion. And what is it? John chapter 3, 16 say, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believed in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is His burden, that He do not want anyone to perish. But have everlasting life together with Him. That is, should be your only burden. Do not take other people's burden. Do not take the worldly burden. Only take this one burden. And allow the joy of the Lord come, sweep you away, heal you, give you purpose and meaningful in your life. Thank you, Jesus.